0: Second Corinthians chapter four. Beginning to read in verse eight, please. Paul says we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of us might be made manifest, of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. In our mortal flesh. Let us pray. Father we thank you this morning. That those of us who are saved by your sovereign grace. And those of us who are washed in the blood of the lamb. Can say it as well with our soul. We thank you Lord for your word this morning. Just read in public. And we know that alone is the the power of God unto salvation. Father, help us now to sit around your word and Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. As our faces differ this morning, so do our needs, so do the homes we have come from, so do our hearts, so do our fears and our concerns and our worries. And so, Father, we pray that in Jesus' name you would speak to us to give us all strength for today and the bright hope for tomorrow. We love you, Lord. Jesus, you are everything to us. Our hearts desire. You're the chiefest among 10,000. Every and any 10,000. You are, Lord, you're our very treasure. And you are our life itself. We worship you. For you alone are worthy. And may thy. Spirit, now anoint this man, this clay vessel, and also anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and also to believe. Glorify your Son for Jesus' name's sake, I pray and ask it, Father. Amen. I have um, preached on these verses before and on similar issues. Uh, before, and the reason I'm doing it again, you might say, well I've heard some of that before, but the reason I'm doing it again is simply this, is because as a pastor of this flock, and being among other people with, even speaking to certain other pastors, who are trying to press on through these trying times for everyone, who are trying to press on in the work. I'm looking to see growth, not really numerical growth. Yes, that's good, but growth in the believer. Growth that Christ would be formed in the believer. That the believer would be sold out to Christ and sold over to Christ. And that's what, that's what my heart is. Yes, it's great to see the place usually filled on a Sunday morning it's great to see uh, well filled on a Sunday night it's wonderful and that's good to see but it's what's from the word in you that's what matters the most because when the word's in you it's that which changes you it's that which challenges you and when you leave this place it's that which will be in you wherever you go And how you will conduct yourself at those particular times. How you will react or how you will speak. And how you will face certain challenges that you face in your life. Certain challenges when maybe before you would have collapsed as it were under it. But now you have an inner strength from the word of God and from Christ being formed in you. And all of those things is what I personally as your pastor wants for you I have been talking to other pastors I suppose they're the same they've said similar things and I think there's a sense of if I can use the word dismay I think that's the right word to use a sense of dismay among pastors who have been trying to steer their flock through these times that we're living in because the past, what, 18 months or so, no one as this whole COVID period, whatever we want, tightly we want to put on it. It's been, it's been challenging. It's been concerning. Uh, because of the flock, not because of anything else. And my heart's concern has been for where are the people in their heart? At this time. Where are they? I have seen people who have. Not only from here. Other places. Who have been usually strong. The blood in the book. You know the blood in the book. And that's right. Blood in the book. And they have withered up and died. In the faith. They have fallen away. What about the blood in the book, brother? I've seen others on the other side of the scale, you know, chasing the sign and wonder. The signs and the wonders, that's fine, that's okay. But they're nowhere to be seen. And many, if I can put it, believers... In this 18 months. Have fallen away from God. They have listened. Continuously. To social media. um, Mainstream media. They have listened. Without end. To negative. Dull. Lifeless. Deathly reports upon us. Day and daily. And that. Has filled their hearts and minds. That has caused them to fear. To fear. Now if I was to say do I ever fear. And I said do you know I suppose I would be a liar. Because every man and woman has a natural feeling of fear at times. Do I have concerns? Absolutely. But as Paul says in a lot of his troubles His concerns, he mentions them all, shipwrecks, beatings, the whole lot. His concerns were this, the concern for the churches. My concern is for CET. My concern is for each and every individual. And I have to wonder, where where are many, many of those Christians who stood for years praising God. Listen, and I'm a Pentecostal speaking in tongues. Praising God and speaking in tongues as well. And others who don't, but praising God. The blood and the book and the sign and the wonder. One extreme to the other. And they're in the world today. They've fallen away. Fear gripped them or Lethargy grabbed hold of them. Really, lockdown was your lock up. You understand that? Your lock up. It wasn't a lockdown. It was your lock up. And you were locked up. And hence, the online seemed to be a good thing for a period. But people now have got settled in that. And listen, see if you're honest. If they're honest. You do start with the first morning. I'm getting up as though I'm going to church and you comb your hair and you brush your teeth. Or maybe you comb your teeth and brush your hair or whatever way it works for you. And you put on, you know, you don't need to put on your suit, your shirt, and your tie, but you've got dressed and you've sat in front of the TV with the family. And we're watching this. We're continuing to to do church as it were. Be the church, but to do church. And then all of a sudden this morning we'll go down in our pajamas sure who's saying this but ourselves and that's natural isn't it, that's not what happens but then it goes from there to we'll just stay like this until let's be honest you stop watching it at 11 o'clock I don't really get enough from it now and what you have done is you have let lethargy become laziness I'm not saying you, I'm talking about these people They've let it become laziness and the enemy gets in and draws you away. You start watching, I don't know what's on TV on Sundays. I have no idea. Sunday morning, if, is there football on? I don't know. Hope you don't know either. Maybe we'll watch this. year, sure. we'll always watch that later because it's recorded. And hearts fall away from God. Other hearts are filled with Fear. And in this period of 18 months, while they're talking about saving lives, and and, and, and look, and that's good, that's good. I'm not saying anything against that, that's okay. But in the middle of it all, babies have been massacred. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. What's the latest figures, Travard, you know? 2,000 babies slain in the womb. Here. And while they're talking about saving lives as well, drug abuse has skyrocketed. Self-medicating drugs have skyrocketed. Deaths have skyrocketed. Physical, mental abuse and homes have skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. And people's fear has accumulated to that much they're now almost agoraphobic they don't want to come out you know there's things in our own lives, our personal lives that we, we, we come against that you and I come against people's mental health has deteriorated greatly in these last 18 months Ordinary people, and everyone's ordinary. But you know the sense they had no, maybe mental health problems or great mental health problems before, and now they are great. Now they are great. So this morning, what we, what I want to bring you is some of this you'll have heard before, and other bits you may not have heard. And I want to encourage you this morning. See, it's my job. I want to try to feed you something that you'll not be afraid. Be cautious. Be careful. Of course, we all are. But stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. And the idea this morning is to press on in the faith. I'm weak. Press on in the faith. I'm weary. Press on in the faith faith and never give up. No matter how weak you are, no matter how down you are, no matter how low you are, no matter what you're facing. And listen, you may be saying, it's all right for you standing up there preaching week in, week out. We have to accomplish this. I'd like you to stand in my shoes for a week and hear what's being said about you. And what's being messaged to you. And the threats that could be against you. And the ideologies from different people on you. But that's not about me. I can deal with that. You know why? Because I have the word of God. And the problem is many Christians are running from God. Instead of running to God. The name of the Lord is as a... What is it? Would you shout it out? It's a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Isn't that right? And the righteous in Christ have forgotten to run to God whenever they are facing their difficulties in their prayer and pray to him. Paul, when he's writing this Second Corinthians 4, our reading from verses 8 to 11... The words that he uses like troubled and perplexed and persecuted and cast down. Troubled, perplexed, persecuted and cast down. Can you imagine in a gospel uh, meeting where we're preaching to people, we say, you know what, I want to preach about being troubled and perplexed and cast down and persecuted. And people would come up automatically and say, "Here, you can't preach about that, you'll scare them off. You'll frighten the people. But you know what? It's the truth. It's the truth. If you're not saved this morning, I want to tell you something. Do you see if you got saved today? The weight of your sins being lifted off you, there's nothing like it. Knowing Christ, there's nothing like it. But I can tell you, you'll enter a war. And you'll enter a battle. And you'll enter a struggle. And you'll enter, and it's getting worse, that you, you will enter a time of trouble and You'll be perplexed, persecuted, and cast down. And you are going to struggle greatly. And the further you press into God, and the more you want to go on with him, I'm not trying to discourage you from seeking the face of God. I want to encourage you to seek the face of God. But I'm being honest, the closer you get to God, in prayer, in worship, the less of yourself you're going to see. Because you'll see yourself as nothing. But you'll see him as your Everything. The old devil, the old enemy of your soul. He'll want to come and disrupt you and disturb you. He'll want to try and get people to persecute you. And he'll want you cast down. He'll want you away from the presence of God. Never to pray, never to read the word. And he'll want to drag you away. That's as simple as that. That's the rubber hitting the road. He'll want to destroy your wee family. He'll want to take you and destroy your life. He wants you to rely on substance of other things rather than the person of Christ. And he'll want the the outside voices of the world to mean more and to sound greater to you than the word of God sounds to you. Sometimes we say, God, speak to me, and you haven't opened the word to read it in maybe a week. And Paul mentions these words. And these words are troubled, perplexed, persecuted, cast down. Now if you and I only see that this morning, I haven't encouraged you then. I've challenged you. I've challenged you. And if that's all we see, then we'll go home with our tires flat. By the time we get to our homes, we'll be on the rims. But the idea of Paul's rightness is not to look at Paul even and the perseverance of the saints. That is, the persevering through the hard time, the difficult time, all the persecutions and troubles. And it's not about Paul persevering. And it's not about all of the things that's come against Paul. Paul is telling us this is the true life of it all. But if we dwell on that, if we stay fixed on that, if our minds and our hearts are only on that, then guess what? You're not going to do well. You're going to feel depressed and down. You're going to feel frightened and afraid. You're going to feel the most loneliest person in the world because you're thinking, I'm the worst Christian in the world because you're focused on things that Christ did not want you to focus on. So it's not about Paul, it's not about his trials, although we learn from them. In through this whole story we are to look upon and to focus on how Paul made it through. How Paul made it through the trials and the trouble and so on. And Paul made it through by one thing. The grace of God. Christ in him is the hope of glory, he writes. Christ in Paul was his hope. And Christ in you this morning, brother. And Christ in you this morning, sister, is your hope. Listen, I'm not trying to discourage anyone. I'm trying to prepare you for something. If you think that we are going to be scot-free, let off, and we're going to run and do our own thing again, and everything's going to go back to normal in the next year or two or whenever... I think you're going to be wrong and greatly dismayed at it all. Because there's a greater plan working behind the scenes. And I can tell you now, it's the spirit of devils. It's called the spirit of the age. This, this age is this cosmos, this mass of, of, of floating thoughts and ideologies and evils and all the things that this world entails. That's the idea when, when, when John says, love not the world, the cosmos the floating mass of ideas. And if you go tomorrow morning and you turn on your radio and you turn it on and you kept it on all day, well, you have little to do if you do that. But at the same time, if you've done that all day, see, by the time you get to lunchtime or after, you're going to be pulling your hair out if you have any. You'll spit your teeth out. You'll want to go back to bed and you'll want to pull the duvet over your head and you'll think, I can't do this and I can't make this. Because it's negative, 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 negative. And even a good news story just doesn't work. Nobody wants to hear good news. They want to hear the the doom and the gloom and the drudge and the dread. See, that sells better. Because we dwell on it more. That's why, because we dwell on it more. Brothers and sisters, listen. God has not given us a spirit of fear The word fear means timidity. We're too timid. The spirit God has given you and I as believers is not to be timid, mealy-mouthed. We are not to be Christians who who have backbones as though they're carved out of a soft banana. We are not to be wet noodle Christians where we fold and flop at every whim of government or evil force behind it. The Lord has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yes, if I listen to the radio, saying I'm having—I don't really listen to much, but I used to listen to more, and I just can't stand it. You're depressed after it. Listen to your news bulletins. You're depressed. I don't buy the newspapers or anything but sometimes you see things online the news online and it would just you just get sick of it. Tired of it. Weary of it. And then my mind automatically goes okay and what if you were to catch something? No. Doesn't. Really doesn't. That could well happen but that's where my mind goes. My mind goes to all of you. All of you. How will they make it through? Because some are not grounded firm and faithful. in the faith, simple as that. That's not condemnation. I'm just telling you the truth. And Paul says, at all that which came on him, he says, I have the worry or the care of the churches. There's times when my heart is in my boots. Just this week is one of them. When I struggled, just this week, I was attacked left, right, and center by all manner of things, said and done and whatever else. And it just kept coming and coming. and It was heavier and heavier. What are you doing? Thinking that church is going to grow. What do you think you're doing? Preaching to all those people Sunday morning, Sunday night. Why would they even come to hear you? All week. You'd be better just packing up and running away. All week. All week. I tried to pray and I couldn't pray. The spirit within me was groaning and making utterances, praying for me. Lord, what's going on with me? What's happening here? And all I could hear was the negativity and the voices that says, You're not gonna make us. On Friday evening I had the house to myself. I was trying to pray in account, count and I just dropped them my knees in the middle of the living room. I'd shut the, the curtains, the blinds. And I dropped them my knees and I cried on to God until I could cry no more and my voice left me. Lord, lead me. You see brothers and sisters that's how low we all can get because the devil wants you to live in fear and to believe a lie. Paul is saying we are troubled on every side. (laughs) Troubled, you ever feel like that? You're troubled everywhere you go. Everything you try to do. Paul says we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. In other words, Paul's saying, yeah, it's all coming against me. This is tough. Paul's saying that. It's all coming against me. But I know I'm going to make it because of who he is. Brother, sister, if you hear anything this morning, hear this. I haven't even touched the message yet, by the way. If you hear anything this morning, hear this. You're not going under, you're going over, and you're coming through. It's not positive thinking here. It's according to who your God is. Nothing to do with you. For when I am weak, then He is strong in me. And I find every time I find myself in a place of weakness, I find God is teaching me a lesson. A lesson. Here's the lesson. That no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh, that's my flesh. That's what he's teaching me. I'm going to show you who you are without me. Oh. Heart in your boots, on your knees, crying on God, you have no more voice. Is, I don't know what to do with this situation or that. I don't know how I'm going to lead the people through this with this. Looking ahead, and Lord, it was all coming in at me, flaring at me, and I wanted to jump out of my skin and run away. Anybody ever felt like you want to jump out of your skin and run away? I have, I did. But this was a lesson to show me: listen, it's not in your strength; it's in mine. So Paul is saying this, I have a hope and I'm gonna make it. I have got through, I have not been distressed, in despair, not forsaken, and I'm not destroyed. You know Paul saying, "All oh, have done everything to me. He says, I'm still standing by the grace of God. So when we get to this, when we get to this, Paul reminds us that we might not, or we may feel we are at the end of our rope. Brothers and sisters, you might feel like that, but you're not at the end of your hope. And the the, the suicides that have skyrocketed uh, or they've been way off the scale Because of the last 18 months of lockdown. Lock up. And I know not far from here there's been some and I don't know, maybe someone may watch this, maybe here. I want you to know that there's always hope. There's always help. Christ, it really is the answer. He really is the answer. So, will you turn with me to 2 Corinthians 12 for a moment, please? Verse 6. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear. Lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that which he heareth. and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me Paul asked the Lord not just three times it means three seasons of prayer seeking God please take this from me Notice what the Lord says in verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, we always quote that and stop there, don't we? My grace is, and thank the Lord, his grace is sufficient. And I I told you before, the word word grace here, charis, it, it means the divine influence on one's heart and its reflection in one's life. I know grace is all merited favor um, to receive that which we do not deserve. And that's true. But a real definition is the divine influence on one's heart and its reflection in one's life. And what Paul is saying that the Lord says, my divine influence in your heart, Paul, my divine influence in you, Paul, will reflect from your life what I'm doing in you. And sometimes you may not understand and know now what God is doing, but you will. You'll come to a place point in time where you'll understand why you're going through certain things. It's difficult. It's awful hard. I don't know if I can go on anymore. Run to him. Sister, run to him. Brother, run to him. You always even come away later when you leave your burdens at the cross. You see, when Paul is saying here that the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, we stop there. But listen to the rest of the verse. It's of the utmost importance. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here's something else I've learned. See, the closer... And the more I seek the Lord and the closer I get to God. And when God's about to move and do things, talking to Ronnie just last Sunday night, no, Wednesday it was, Wednesday night, the Spirit's moving in the meetings and you you sense the presence of the Lord and, 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 and and he came and he said to me and we were talking about this and he says, you know, he says, I think we're on the cusp. I believe that God's going to do something. And that Wednesday night, Ronnie, was like a million pound to me because I was suffering all week. But the pastor doesn't tell people, you see. And I think he's right that the Lord is about to do something in your life to change your life. The Lord is about to do something in our lives, in our assembly here. But brothers and sisters, we must remain faithful. We must remain steadfast And even in our weakest of moments, listen—the devil gets the glory. See, every time there's breaking of bread, and you say, "I'll, I'll, I'll sit in my pajamas and watch it online," and you could be here as people who can't for one reason or another. Don't give the enemy, even your flesh, the glory. The closer I find I get to what the Lord's going to do. And it's always when God's going to do something, and I don't even realise what He's going to do, but I sense it, I feel it in my spirit, and I'm holding off for it, and I'm waiting on it, and all of a sudden the cogs start to slow down, and my legs get heavy, my spiritual legs, and all of a sudden it's the weight, and all of a sudden you're, oh, I can't do this, I'm tired, I'm tired, Lord, spiritually tired, you know what? It's at those points God is forming you for what he's going to do. I want to say it again. It's at those points that you get to. At that place, God is forming you for what he is going to do. Press on. And never give up. Grace. The divine influence upon one's heart and its reflection in one life, one's life. And that grace is, is the power of Christ resting on you, brother. And do you know the greatest, uh, uh, let me say, the weakest, I should say, of times that you have when you're pressing on, when you're weak? Listen, it could be you've been ill. It could be a diagnosis. It could be something that's come on your mind. It could be something that's been said, something that's been done. Whatever it is, you know what it is. I, I don't know them all, but you and the Lord does. That's why he's got and I'm not. But whatever it is, brothers and sisters, when you press on, and when you push on, in God and we don't get lethargic we feel it, we don't get lazy we want to be but we press on in the spirit we press on in the word, we press on in the faith and even Glenn read it this morning around the table when we do that brothers and sisters do you realise it's then it's not in the glory time it's then Your face shines from you being in the presence of God more than your face would shine when you're standing on a platform in the glory moments. It's then God uses you more because you're feeling your weakest. He gets the glory. So, too many Christians, and I'll be honest, I am dismayed a little at some, I'm sort of going, what what has happened? I'm talking about the church in general. The blood-washed church. What has happened to them? What has happened to them? What's happened to many of these pastors? Where where are they? What has happened to them? And, And what they've done is they've preached fear from a pulpit. And fear feeds into fear. If I fed you fear all the time, you would all be sitting here like church mice, as it were. You'd be sitting here afraid, ready to scurry home again. What has happened to the church of God in Christ? What has happened to the men and women of faith? What has happened to the the pastors who preached every Sunday? Do you want to tell you what's happened slowly but surely in the run into the last 18 months? They started feeding the people in candy floss. That's what's happened. Candy floss is lovely. I like a wee bit of candy floss. Just one wee bit. I couldn't even eat a whole one. Candy floss is nice. It's sweet to taste. Tastes good, but listen, see, even after a whole one, not that I, I don't think I can remember even eating a whole one, but see, if you were to keep eating it every day, you know what happens? You get sick, malnourished, and the church have been sick and malnourished for too long. Do you see the average Christians? See, if you ask them the doctrines of justification, they look at you like you're two heads. Does that even mean? Sanctification? Oh, don't be talking about that. I want to go down, I want to go down and sit with my mates in the pub this week. They'll be talking about sanctification here. And because of that, they've fed the people, as it were, candy floss until they've become weak, malnourished, and what happens when the time of the lockdown, lockup came? They were that afraid, even those who were feeding it to them. Their hands are that sticky, they're on home themselves in case they caught something. And now, the church is in a terrible state. Terrible state. Brothers and sisters, see if we need God, if we have ever needed him, we need him now more than ever. We need revival in the church. Among the believers Fighting with each other. Arguing with each other. Stabbing each other. Backbiting each other. And the word looks on all over social media and everywhere else. And the word looks on and goes, look at these idiots here. Or I'll say it in Northern Ireland term, the Egypts. I say that for my American friends who are on. They come on early, they wouldn't know what an Egypt is. An idiot. What is the the grace in our lives? It reflects in our life. Do you see? If you want to see a man or woman of faith, talk to them about the things that are happening. Do they see them? We were speaking to a pastor not that long ago, and i say who it was, but I also went over to speak with them, just like normal. How you doing? And they jumped away back. Huh? Not, is that true? Isn't that true, you? They near jumped out of their shoes. Fear. Do you know that fear can that often, if you want endorphins, if that's the right word, from a human being that even dogs can sense it, animals can sense it, fear. And I can tell you something, Spirit could sense it. An evil spirit can take your fear and run with it. Run with it. A fearful spirit the Bible speaks of. Listen, I'm going to have to close this. on the 29th of October 1941 at Harrow School Winston Churchill walked in Winston Churchill was a great leader through the war, second world war but there was many things Winston Churchill done wrong but anyhow as a leader, you know what he said he stood up at the Harrow School he gets up to speak and he just gets up to give his big oratory speech and he goes, never give up Never, never, never. We've heard that as well in sir. haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> All right then, you know, but no, well, that's neither here nor there. But never give up. Never, 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 never. And I saw to many nevers, he said. Never, ever, ever give up. And he went and he sat down and that was his whole speech. The thing is, that was in 1941, in the middle of the war years. And by the 1945, there was an election, and the people didn't vote for him anymore. He did get in after the fifties, but that's another story. But they didn't vote. And do you know what that teaches us that people can lead you through things. Never, never, never give up, and they can hang on to that, but. There's some them when they feel things have been relaxed, they forget about you and walk on. And you know, I have had it. Even people who watched us and came here for a while, I had a man and a woman come to me one time, all night, we out walking and, and they said, we are so glad of your ministry because you kept the ministry going. And when you're online, uh, we were afraid to go out. We we're petrified, X, Y, Z. And they started coming out to the drive-ins and all. I messaged them a few weeks ago, I haven't seen you, don't even answer me back. Because <laughs> they're doing well. Who remembers when this whole first lockdown, lock-up thing came on, on us? Nobody knew what it was, so we thought, we'll be the maybe we need to do something about this. We everyone did until we were realizing things that were happening. Well, I know people who have came to me personally. Came to me personally. And this is what they said. Such and such or this family member or the other. Oh, they were so petrified. And people were coming up like left, right and center. Ringing up and We want to get saved. Oh, help us know what we're going to do. People were unsaved. We're going to, we want to get, we need to get saved. Does, does the Bible speak of these things? Is this a, what you call the coming of Christ? All over. And people were terrified. But do you see once the first lockdown was over, you never seen them again. You never seen them again. Because you see these. And that's the problem. There's people who say, we'll change, or we'll change for the better Lord. We'll move on in this. We'll do well. And they never change. As soon as they get an ease in things, they go back to their old form. But they've brought the church with them this time. Brought the church with them. This I have mentioned this before, but I've brought this to uh, read this morning again. And it's from John Wesley's diary. The great preacher of the Methodist, founder of the Methodist movement. In fact, John Wesley was, uh, he was Anglican really, Church of England, Anglican, and He wasn't saved and he was on a ship and these Moravians were there. There was a big storm came. They were all sitting with the peace of God. Now, I'd maybe have the peace of God, but being sick overboard because I don't like boats anyway. But they were, they were sitting, this storm had come and, and he realized there was something in them that he didn't have and he asked them and they had to actually point him to Christ. John Wesley started preaching sanctification of life. Sanctification of life. And he was hated for the doctrine of sanctification. And hence today we're doing a whole revolution again. Anyone preaching sanctification, ah oh, you're old hat, you know. You preach sanctification, we don't come back. You preach sanctification. I believe in sanctification from the word, by the way, the sanctification of the Spirit. Listen to John Wesley's diary because it encourages me uh, and whenever I read this. I've written it down. This is what he writes. Sunday morning, the 5th of May, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. You've had a few like that, haven't you? <laughs> Sunday p.m., 5th of May, Priest at St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. Popular guy, isn't he? Sunday, AM, May the 12th, preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday, PM, the 12th of May, preached at St. George's, kicked out again, he writes. Sunday a.m. May 19th preached at somebody else's deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. May the 19th preached on the street kicked off the street. Sunday a.m. May 26th preached in Meadow chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. Talking about racking a meeting. John Wesley's Dairy. Many of us preachers in we would give up by then, wouldn't we? Oh, I've had enough of that. That was Sunday AM, the second of June. He writes, Preached out at the edge of town. Kicked off the highway. Sunday, p.m., June the 2nd. Afternoon service, preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came to hear me. 10,000 people came to hear me, he says. My brothers and sisters, what if he had to give up? What if he had been afraid? A boo, hmm. I'm infamously known as I don't like they keep saying I'm afraid but I'm not afraid I just don't like being in the same field as cows I don't like them we're bit afraid but what if someone had of had those disappointments one after the other what if it was you everyone was against you what if it was me Over four years ago, five years coming, I had a similar thing. Nobody wanted me. Kicked out and stay out. Different things like that. What if I'd give up? What about all the souls that have been saved in the last four, five years since then? All the missions. The tents. Mission halls. The orange halls we preached in. Church. Building down the road. And wherever else. What if that, I give up? And maybe you're at a place where we you're appointed to give up. You have no hope. Listen, there is hope. It's not Paul's despair. It's God's glory. It's not your despair. It's God's glory. And if you give up now. Listen. Don't be through praying. Pray through. If you were to give up now, who knows what God has planned for you tomorrow? Or the next day. Or the next day. Or what's coming. Sister, you may be saying, you know what, I've prayed for so long for a husband. I could show you a few women will tell you to stop praying. (laughs) That's all you look at things. Vice versa, brother, by the way. Not me, obviously, you know. (laughs) Your next prayer could be the prayer that breaks through. Your next step could be the step that you ministering to someone else into something else. Your next door could be the door God has opened. And if you give up now, if you walk away now if you were to fall away now, you may not see what God was about to do in your life. I personally believe that he will bring you around the mountain again. Alison used to say, Ken, we're going round and round this mountain because I, I I'm a wee bit thick at times. What was that again, Lord? And he's shouting at me. And also, would say, can you not just take it as it is? We're going round the mountain. Listen, you don't want to go round the mountain again. Trust him today. Trust him for tomorrow. You're not told to worry about tomorrow. As your day is, so shall your strength be. Read Matthew chapter 6 when you go home. Why take ye thought for tomorrow? Read it. Stop worrying about tomorrow. What about next week? Listen, see whenever I was first sailed, Not my first worry was. What am I going to do for a drink at the weekend? I can't drink now. What am I going to do at the weekend? And this was a Monday. What am I going to do? What about drugs? See, by the Wednesday, the old devil sent the drug dealer right up beside me. He used to deliver them like pizzas to me. Ken, you want to see the stuff I've got for this week? But without that time, I've no, i heard. No, you, you, you rest a day at a time in God. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't think about the next weekend. You're here today. You're alive today. None of us are promised tomorrow. None of us are. But while you're alive today, then live for Christ today. And I said to that drug dealer, I says, you know what? I'm not going to need you. Ah, oh, who are you dealing with now? You want to see the stuff I've got? I says, I'm not going to need you. I got saved on Sunday night. What are you up to? He says, you're up to something. I says, no I'm not, I got saved. 25 years, he's still waiting. Well, maybe, I hope he isn't like, but 25 years later, kept by the grace of God. Brothers and sisters, CET, let's dig deep. Come on, come on. I, I, I want to stand on top of this and try and shout it as loud as I can. I want to. I want to try and grab some people and shake them because I feel the. I feel that spiritual death creeping into them. I want to. I want to plead with people that stop letting the world and the comforts and the things and the lethargy keep you home at night. It's not about you getting into the church. It's not about you getting into a seat. It's about Christ getting into you. It's about the word of God getting into you and you living in the word of God and the word of God living in you. Come on, the world has nothing, nothing on you. Nothing on you. So let's dig deep. Trust God. Press on and never give up. May God bless you this morning.